What's up everybody, GenX Dividend Investor here. In this video I tell you why getting dividends passively is better than just selling shares to get cash. I'll also share a fascinating story about a World War II vet that was able to retire early due to a thousand dollar investment in a dividend stock. And if you love dividends then please do me a favor and hit the thumbs up button, subscribe if you haven't yet and click that bell notification. Okay, a common statement you'll hear from people who dislike dividends is that they can just sell shares of a non-dividend stock to basically create getting a dividend when they want cash. Like they could sell some shares of Google or Amazon or whatever to get cash when they needed it, and they would say that doing that is better because then they could get a dividend whenever they wanted it, rather than be forced to wait for when a dividend company wants to pay one. Plus they would say that because they control when they sell and get their cash, then that allows them to optimize their taxes better. They might also talk about how it's always better for companies to invest in growing the business rather than pay out cash to shareholders. And all those are reasonable points, but there are a lot of things to consider. Like you can also sell shares in dividend stocks, just like non-dividend stocks, if you wanted. And the data says that over the long run, dividend stocks have outperformed non-dividend stocks on average. Why would that be? Well, maybe it's because most companies don't pay dividends until they've been around for a while, and since some companies go under, then the ones with a longer history also tend to be the ones that are naturally doing better. Of course, there are non-dividend paying companies that have awesome returns, and there are dividend companies that have weak returns. But purposefully avoiding dividend stocks probably isn't prudent. Like, do you really want to avoid investing in companies like Apple and Microsoft and McDonald's? Anyways, a reason why getting dividends is better than selling shares is due to the true passive nature of actual dividend income. I mean, I get my dividend cash flow without literally doing anything, whereas if I had to sell shares then that means more time is spent, more knowledge is required, and more mistakes can happen. Like if I had to sell shares, then first I'd need to log into my brokerage. Then I'd need to identify which stocks I should sell, which means I should understand the intrinsic values of my stocks to know which ones are expensive or cheap, as well as understand the implications of changing the weighting of the stocks in my portfolio that comes from selling, as well as know what the potential tax implications are of doing so. Of course, if the overall market has crashed, then you could potentially be selling even when your shares were way underpriced, which itself is another reason why getting dividends is better than having to sell shares. But once things are set up, I really don't have to know or do anything to get dividend cash flow. I mean, I've configured my Fidelity brokerage so that the dividends that come into my taxable account automatically get transferred into my checking account. So as I go about my merry way in life, my checking account just keeps filling up with more cash, which I then use to pay bills. I can't stress how cool that is to have cash continually flow into your bank account without you having to do anything for it other than wait. Who doesn't love to see cash flowing into their accounts? It reminds me of this article I saw today on Yahoo about a new experiment being run in Chicago where they're giving $500 a month of guaranteed income to some residents for the next 12 months. Well, having dividends show up in your account probably feels a lot like those people who are getting that free cash, only you would probably value dividends more as something you've earned rather than were given. So how large of a dividend portfolio would you need to make $500 a month? Well, 500 bucks a month is $6,000 a year, and if we assume we had a portfolio yielding 4%, then all we do is divide 6,000 by 4% to end up with 150 grand, which means if we had a $150,000 portfolio of dividend stocks that average a 4% yield, then we would be making $6,000 a year in dividends, which is effectively $500 a month. Now, dividends might feel like free cash, but they aren't quite that. What's actually happening is that you're getting a part of the profits of the company, and then that company's stock price falls by the amount of the dividend being paid out, which means the company's assets will soon be declining by the amount of the dividend. But listen to this blurb on Investopedia. The declaration of a dividend naturally encourages investors to purchase stock. 
Because investors know that they will receive a dividend if they purchase the stock before the ex-dividend date, they are willing to pay a premium. This causes the price of a stock to increase in the days leading up to the ex-dividend date. In general, the increase is about equal to the amount of the dividend, but the actual price change is based on market activity and not determined by any governing entity. Investopedia also says, if the market is particularly optimistic about the stock leading up to the ex-dividend date, the price increase this creates may be larger than the actual dividend amount, resulting in a net increase despite the automatic reduction. So basically Investopedia is saying that while the stock price does drop by the amount of the dividend on the ex-date, the overall impact of the dividend on the stock price is not so cut and dry, and in fact since people know that they will get the dividend if they buy before the ex-date, then that can cause more people to buy, causing the price to go up, in general equal to the amount it goes down. Thus, the market dynamics of stocks can be more nuanced than simply thinking that the stock price drops on the ex-dividend date, without also taking other behavioral factors into consideration. And it gets further nuanced due to what I'll call the yield shield, which is another reason why dividends are better than selling shares. What I've noticed is that the more a quality dividend stock falls in price, the more tendency there is for people to buy into that stock because they can lock in a higher yield. And while a falling stock price without a dividend also attracts people, it seems yield is an even bigger draw than stock price for buyers. In fact, oftentimes the more something falls, the more people run away from it rather than towards it. Now remember the formula for dividend yield is how much a company pays out in dividends a year divided by the current share price. The amount a company pays out in dividends per share per year is generally a fixed number, at least until the board of directors votes to raise it or lower it. Share prices, on the other hand, change constantly as the stock market is open, and the more a stock price goes down, the higher the dividend yield on a stock goes up. And the higher the yield goes up from falling stock price, the more people often jump in to get that yield, which is why I call it a yield shield, aka the increasing yield acts as a beacon calling out to investors to jump in, somewhat shielding it from getting too low. Of course, you should become more wary the higher the yield gets, as that often means that buyers will probably feel the stock is too risky to hold. But sometimes that risk might be worth it to you. Like in 2020, Exxon's stock price crumbled due to the pandemic and the lowering demand of oil, which led to Exxon's dividend yield shooting up, eventually getting to 11%. At that time, the demand for oil fell so much that we got to a point where oil tankers were literally just sitting at sea, waiting for someone to want their oil. Of course, some investors panicked and sold their oil positions, which is the opposite of what prudent investors did. Smart investors realized that the world still desperately uses oil and that this was just a momentary supply-demand imbalance, and so they swooped in and bought ExxonMobil on the cheap, and then they benefited as oil eventually shot back up. And today ExxonMobil is at a 3.1% yield instead of an 11% yield. But it can be really hard to go against the grain and buy when everyone else is selling. Like a similar thing happened with Apple stock a few years ago when it fell from $56 at the end of 2018 down to $37 in early 2019. At that time, Apple had announced that they were no longer going to release iPhone unit sales numbers, and that, coupled with them having huge sales issues in China, caused many investors to panic, thinking that Apple's heyday was over, and so it quickly fell by 34%. And that was when I actually established my Apple position, and so my average Apple buy price is at $39, and I purchased 1,738 shares of it. I was happy to finally get into Apple, because I originally sat on the sidelines after the iPhone came out, thinking that the stock price got away from reality and because I was a bit biased as Apple stock had been a dud for a long time. But I finally got off the sidelines in late 2018, and I financed my 68 grand Apple lump sum buy via selling out of another dividend stock of mine that had run up. And here we are, just a few years later, and my Apple stock is worth 268 grand and is my largest position. Anyways, another reason why I value dividends and I think that they're better than selling shares ties back to what I was talking about regarding not needing to know anything to get the income. 
Like one of my personal motivations in life is to create generational wealth, as well as income which keeps flowing in even if I'm not here. And by far the best way I've found to do that is from quality dividend stocks. I love my wife a ton, but she's really bad with numbers and math and has absolutely zero clue about stocks. She simply is not well suited for learning enough about stocks to have a good handle on picking what stocks to sell when. Thus, for people like me who have nasty health issues and have a significant other who would really struggle selling stocks appropriately, dividends become a godsend. So my dividends have given me stress-free time that I'd otherwise not have. I've had some extremely stressful jobs in my life, and experiencing that kind of stress and toxicity allows me to really value the freedom dividends have given me. Your dividend income can grow to the point that it lets you retire early, and it's only because of my dividends that I was able to retire in confidence and free up so much of my time. I'd not feel confident owning non-dividend stocks and selling them, as I would constantly be worried about my principal going down and needing to sell in down markets and such, and I'd worry about running out of my shares in retirement. Plus, since I'm not selling shares, I'll have more I can leave my wife and kids down the road, which brings me an amazing amount of happiness and solace, which is another reason dividends are better than selling shares. So having cash that comes in automatically, regardless if I'm here, is something I put a premium on and value. I have a reasonably high chance of having health issues which could turn me into a vegetable, though I'm confident that most, if not all of my dividends, will keep paying out and will trend up. Like this last month I've gotten a 6% dividend hike from British American Tobacco, a 10% dividend hike from Pepsi, a 6.3% hike from Chevron, and multiple other small ones. In March and April, I expect 8 other of my companies to hike their dividends. So not only do my stocks tend to trend up over time, but they also tend to increase their dividends over time, all of which I truly value. And so another reason dividends are better than selling shares is because of the power of the dividend snowball and compounding. What I mean is that I can reinvest my dividend shares automatically without doing anything, which is a huge benefit that non-dividend investors don't have. Like if my dividend reinvestment plans are toggled on in my brokerage, then each month or quarter I'll be automatically buying more shares with my dividends and my snowball and portfolio automatically grows. Doing that is especially powerful if you are reinvesting your dividends in a retirement account. I mean if you had invested $5,000 of McDonald's stock into a Roth 20 years ago and you had been reinvesting your dividends, then Portfolio Visualizer says that in 2003 you would have made $124 of McDonald's dividends that you could have reinvested into the stock up until 2022 when you would have made $2,960 of dividends you could have reinvested into more McDonald's stock. And since it's in a Roth, there are zero tax implications. Not only that, but your $5,000 investment would have grown to almost $142,000 in that time frame, which would have outperformed the entire market which would have only grown to about $36,000. Now I don't think McDonald's will continue to outperform like that over the next 20 years, but regardless I currently have 410 shares of McDonald's worth about $109,000, and it's a stock that I'm confident will be paying my family dividends long after I'm 6 feet under. McDonald's is one of those amazing stocks that tends to do well in good market conditions and bad market conditions. I mean, people go to McDonald's because it's cheap, yummy, and fast, and McDonald's is working to make their food even faster and their consistency even better using automation technology. So dividends enable compounding without you doing anything, allowing your quantity of shares to continually go up, unlike non-dividend stocks where you have to be depositing cash and buying more shares to see your quantities go up. Plus, seeing your dividend income go up every month or every quarter, purely from a drip buying more shares, is itself incredibly motivating, which is another reason why dividends are better than selling shares. I've also found that dividends really keep you happy to keep investing, especially when the market is crashing, because you see your dividend income growing even faster as your drip buys more shares each payout. Visually seeing your dividend income trend up over time is one of the things that people love about my Dividend Tracker spreadsheet product that my Patreon aristocrats and kings have access to. Plus with dividends you feel like your stock assets are productive from day one, whereas non-dividend stocks are only productive once you sell. 
And given that there can be times where markets and stocks go sideways or down for a decade or more, imagine holding your non-dividend stocks for 10 years to just get back to where you bought in. All that time getting nothing in return for holding it, while also knowing that if you were selling shares you'd be going down even faster. Of course you could be doing options with your stocks to get some income, but that's also true for non-dividend stocks. And options also means using time and having expertise and taking on new risks. But even if the market goes down for a decade, the dividend investor keeps getting value out of his investment in the form of his dividends. Another reason why dividends are better than selling shares is that you don't have to deal with seller's remorse, which people sometimes get when they sell and then their stock shoots up. Since you aren't selling your dividend stocks, you can avoid that remorse altogether. Okay, now let's talk about taxes, which was one of the things I called out that some dividend haters harp on. So one of the reasons I really started focusing more on dividends was after the dot-com crash, not just because I saw that conservative blue-chip companies held up better, but also because of what happened in 2003. That's when President Bush pushed for some tax changes, which made dividend taxation better than it used to be. Like when I started investing in the 1990s, dividends were taxed at an individual's income tax rate, with the highest rate varying between 28% to 50% over that time frame. But in 2003, the Bush tax cuts came into existence, lowering qualified dividend tax rates to a max of 15%. These days, the maximum tax rate for qualified dividends is 20%, and ordinary dividends are taxed at income tax rates, which as of now maxes out at 37%. But what that means is that in 2023, a married couple can make about $117,000 a year in qualified dividends in a taxable account and owe $0 in federal income taxes. Let that sink in. If you are retired like me and are making 117 grand a year in qualified dividends from companies like J&J, McDonald's, Procter & Gamble, etc., and you aren't making money from a job, you would owe $0 in federal income taxes. If you had a job that made 117 grand a year in wages and you were married, then you'd owe a little over $10,000 in federal income taxes. What you'll find is that if your wage income plus your qualified dividend income in a taxable account go over certain thresholds, then you'll owe federal income taxes. Married people can get a bigger deduction, so that threshold amount of money is higher for them. Note, I'm keeping state income out of this discussion as it varies dramatically based on where you live. Anyways, the median income in the US is about $54,000 a year. Now, a single person making $54,000 a year from their job in 2023 will owe about $4,600 a year in federal income taxes. If that person also made $10,000 a year of qualified dividends in a taxable account, their federal income tax bill would increase to $5,400. That's about $800 more of federal income taxes from $10,000 of extra dividend income. But let's say you make $70,000 a year in your job and are married, filing jointly. You would owe $4,636 in federal income taxes. The neat thing is, is that you could make another $47,000 of qualified dividends in a taxable account and not owe any more in taxes. But if you made $60,000 of qualified dividends in addition to your 70k job, then your federal income taxes would go up to about $65,64 a year. Of course, if you held your dividend stocks in retirement accounts, then you generally don't have to think about tax issues. What all that means is that dividend taxation can be awesome depending on your situation, and for me they are awesome because I'm retired. Make sure you understand how much money you have coming in from your job as well as from dividends in your taxable account so that you'll know if you owe any taxes on your dividends. And remember that different types of dividends have different tax implications. So a key point I want to get across is that whether you're selling shares and or getting dividends, then make sure they're coming from good companies. Never invest just because something has a big dividend, nor invest because you think you can make a quick buck. Always invest for the long haul in quality assets. The reality is that dividends versus selling shares is a bit of a blondes versus brunettes thing. What I mean is that it's kind of up to your preferences and what you value, and neither is inherently right nor wrong. Doing both also works. And hopefully now you understand why I feel that getting dividends is better than just selling shares. 
So now I'd like to tell you a fascinating story about a World War II vet and a longtime Boy Scout master named Russell Gremmel, who purchased a thousand bucks of Walgreens stock in the early 1950s when he returned home from the war. For reference, a thousand dollars back then is equivalent to around fourteen thousand dollars in today's money. Gremmel figured that people would always need medicine and that women would always buy makeup, so he liked the idea of investing in a pharmacy like Walgreens. Gremmel also knew as a young man that he didn't want to live a traditional life and he didn't want to work in his old age so he cut his standard of living and managed to retire at the age of 45. And for reference, less than 1% of people in the U.S. retire before the age of 50. Gremmel realized that he could retire early if he lived frugally and lived off his Walgreen dividends, which he did rather than reinvest them. But even doing that, his dividend income still grew over time due to Walgreens continually raising it. Like he was able to collect $1,000 in dividends in 1966, $2,000 in 1975, $4,000 in 1982, $8,000 in 1989, 16,000 in 1996, 32,000 in 2003, and 36,000 in 2015. Because he held on to his Walgreens stock for so long, he was able to receive over $732,000 in cumulative dividends over the 70 years he held it. The $1,000 he invested in 1950 grew to over $2 million, even though he was spending all the dividends, which means the stock grew at a great 11% annualized rate. Now, had he been reinvesting his dividends back into Walgreens stock, then his compounding would have increased to 14% annualized, which means his $1,000 investment would have turned into $14 million. But I think he did the right thing by choosing to retire early and live frugally off his dividends, rather than keep working and reinvesting his dividends until age 60 or whatever. Now, Gremmel never let anyone know that he had that kind of money. He never purchased luxury goods or showed off his wealth, which is a lesson you should take from him. Part of the reason Gremmel lived so carefully was because his family lost everything in the stock market crash of 1929, because his father, who was a stove salesman, played the stock market as a speculator, not as an investor. And so Gremmel determined that he would be a buy and hold investor instead of a gambler. Gremmel ended up donating his millions to charity. He bought a 400 acre wildlife refuge in Illinois and turned it into a sanctuary and donated it to the Audubon Society when he was in his 90s because he wanted to have the pleasure of seeing people enjoy nature like he did. Gremmel's friends say that he always lived a modest life and has been volunteering at the Boy Scout organization for more than 60 years. He would often pay camp fees for kids who couldn't afford it. Interestingly, Gremmel said that he was happy to donate the $2 million because he didn't feel like he really did anything to earn it other than hold it and not sell it. That's a pretty amazing story if you ask me, though I wouldn't recommend putting all of your investing eggs into just one stock. And with that, I'd like to shout out my newest Patreon aristocrats who have signed up since my last video. So thank you, CJ. I'd also like to thank some people who signed up for an entire year as Patreon aristocrats, which means they get 10% discounts off the monthly price. So thank yous go out to Be Daddy Dog, Confused XX, and Mark the Shark. Aristocrats gain access to my dividend portfolio tracker spreadsheet, which I use in lots of my videos, and they get special access to various private channels on my Discord, including one which lets you watch my videos before I release them publicly on YouTube, as well as lets you vote on which thumbnails I should use, and of course you get more direct access to me. I also do a shout out as you just heard, and I add them to my scrolling news sticker if I still have space on it. I'd also like to thank Daoshen, who recently boosted my free dividend discord server, which I recommend that you should join, as it has thousands of dividend investors on it from around the world. Regardless of what you do, please hit that thumbs up button, subscribe if you haven't yet, and click the bell notification. Thanks for watching, stay positive, and I'll talk to you again real soon. I am not a financial advisor, and these videos are for entertainment, inspiration, and educational purposes only. Investing of any kind involves risk. I am only sharing my opinion with no guarantee of gains or losses on investments.